1: Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence.
2: He is a radio host at 77 WABC
1: here in New York. The rush hour is on the air. Rush
3: Rush
1: now. Here's Bo Snurdly.
3: Welcome to your recession Thursday here on WABC. If you'd like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number, 800-848-9222. And I'll tell you what, keep those numbers handy right now. You know, we usually take telephone calls at the end of the show. We're going to take some calls right now, but those calls are going to be, if you are interested in going to see Joel Oldstein this week at Yankee Stadium, that's on Saturday, August 6th. So, right now, I have a pair of tickets. If you're interested in venturing up to Yankee Stadium to see Joel Olstein, give us a call, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. The pair of tickets to see Joel Osteen live at Yankee Stadium Saturday, August the 6th will be yours if you are the seventh caller to call us right now. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Again, those numbers 800 848 9222. Joel Osteen, Yankee Stadium, Saturday, August 6th. Pair of tickets, seventh caller. Okay, <clears throat> let us talk about this recession or the recession that is not. The yes, it's a recession, the no, it's not a recession. Everybody that has followed politics knows the common definition of a a recession in America is when we have two back-to-back periods of negative growth. That has been as long as anybody can remember. Except now, all of a sudden, it's not. The spokesgirl for the White House Corrine, what's her name? The little spokesgirl there who is just, I mean, way in way over her head. She has been questioned about this repeatedly because she went out there and tried to sell the idea that, oh, no, 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 no. We're having historic job growth. We're having historic everything. That, that's not the definition of a recession. Let's listen to the White House spokesgirl mix it up with, I think, Peter Doocy from uh, Fox News about the uh, definition of a recession
4: where we are today
5: if things are going so great though then why is it the White House officials are trying to redefine recession
4: no we're not redefining recession
5: if we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row and then you have White House officials come up here to say no 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 that's not what a recession is it's something else how is that not redefining recession because
4: that's not the definition that is not the definition Brian
5: Deese said in 2008 of course economists have a technical definition which is of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth.
4: I can tell you this he
5: said two consec two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of a recession. It is not. Change.
4: It is not. Why did he say that it, it was? It is not. I can, I can speak to I can speak to you to what he said yesterday in front of all of you which is the last thing that you just repeated. There are many factors, there are many factors, economic factors and indicators to consider uh, and I will say that uh, the textbook definition of recession is not, is not two negative quarters of GDP. We have a strong labor market. We have business.
3: Well, that is, again, the White House denying that we are in what we are in. We have had the numbers come down, folks. This is the second period of negative growth. Second economic period, negative growth. From what the, the, the definition was, not the technical, technical definition, but the definition we've all lived with for decades, we're in a recession. Now, they can keep denying it all they want to. And, of course, the press is trying to cover, the liberal press, they're doing their best to cover for Biden with this. If they want to say they're not, well, let's help them. There's a story today in, um, in the Amazon Prime Washington Post the eight economists who decide if the U.S. is in a recession. Even if gross domestic product figures show a shrinking economy, a recession won't officially have begun unless the National Bureau of Economic Research says so. Well, we didn't need them to declare any time you wanted to do bad economic news with the Republican, did we? We didn't, need, we didn't have to hear from this uh, National Bureau of Eight Economists that are not gonna go along with what Republicans said. Every year, if a Republican's in office, they, they even tried to declare a recession when there wasn't one. And yet now, when we are clearly in the second period of negative economic growth, according to their own numbers, here we are, supposed to believe that, oh, no, no, oh, no, everything's just fine here. We're not in a, we are not in a recession. On Tuesday, Brian D.C., director of the National Economic Council, took the podium in the White House briefing room to perform the magnificent feat of bending reality to his will. Echoing Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, D.C. explained that two negative quarters of GDP growth is not, it's not the technical definition of a recession. It's not the definition that economists have traditionally relied upon. He said serenely, there is an organization called the National Bureau of Economic Research, and what they do is look at the broad range of data in deciding whether or not there's a recession. There's a lot of BS, and you know it's BS. This is election BS from Joe Biden's administration. But guess what? No matter how hard they try to sell that we're not in a recession, this is an easy case to make for the American people. The American people know what they're spending on goods now and what they spent before Biden came to office. The American people know when they're going through a difficult time in their lives. They don't need the bureau of economic research to tell them how much prices have increased. They don't need the Bureau of Economic Research to tell them when job opportunities are starting to shrink again in the country. They don't need the National Bureau of Economic Research to tell them that people are losing confidence that this economy is going to be straightened out. All they have to do is look at what's happening in their own lives, and they see it. So you can play around with these definitions all you want to. The Biden recession has begun. And let us really be clear about this. This recession belongs to President Joe Biden. It belongs to the Democrats who elected him. It belongs to the Democrats who were the Trump haters, who could not wait for Joe Biden to get in and try to turn around everything that Donald Trump did to provide the United States with the most prosperous economy we had seen in decades. In many cases, in our lives for some people. And it took them less than two years to do it. In less than two years, these people have destroyed a robust economy that was churning out jobs so quickly we couldn't fill them all. In less than two years, these people have destroyed an economy that took the United States of America from being dependent on foreign energy to being an exporter of energy. In less than two years, these people have destroyed, destroyed a prosperous economy with their corona lockdowns, with their vaccine mandates with their trying to shut down American schools and keep them shut down at the behest of teachers' unions, with their awful environmental policies where they bent down and grabbed the ankles for the radicals in the environmental movement. In less than two years, Democrats have destroyed American prosperity and replaced it with high inflation with fewer opportunities, and with overall hopelessness. You want two more years of this? You want four more years of this? Is there anybody that would stand up today and say, yeah, Joe, great job, four more years of this, please. Let's have four more. No, instead, they're trying to line up, Democrats are, I am so convinced. They're trying to line up, they have one person that they're looking to. Gavin Newsom. That's right. Democrats are looking at Gavin Newsom as the antidote to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is done. Most Democrats don't even want him to run again. They see how awful this is. They won't say it aloud because they'd have to admit to you and to themselves, they were wrong. But they see how awful this administration is. Meanwhile, you've got Gavin Newsom running ads in Texas, running political ads in Florida. And I asked myself, why are they doing that? And today it hit me. I would bet Dollar to Donuts that they are already polling. And one of the things that they did, I would imagine, this is me just, I have no proof of this. This is just pure speculation. But I think one of the reasons that they ran those ads was to heighten just enough Gavin Newsom visibility in Texas and in California while polls were running there so they could get a sense of the national picture in terms of the electoral headwinds that Gavin Newsom might have to face if he's running, if he doesn't pull the trigger and try to depose Joe Biden. There have been so many favorable stories in Politico and in other locations that Democrat elected leaders read that are praising Newsom to the hilt. This is a... When you see this kind of thing happen, it doesn't happen by accident. It's coordinated. There are stories abound in the left wing media about how Democrats are upset with Joe Biden. They wanna they don't want him to be their front bearer, their forebearer, their their, their, their head guy, their candidate in twenty twenty four. And at the same time those stories are running. You have stories trickling out about how great the great Gavin Newsom is. Put it all together. What we're seeing is the beginning of the campaign to get rid of Joe Biden because of what he has done to America. And you don't let these people tell you any different. We are in a recession. It's the Joe Biden recession. And it couldn't have come at a worse time for Democrats right before the midterm elections. Now, other big news today that we're going to get to, Joe Manchin. Kev, let's call the princess. Let's see if the princess is around. She may not be. This is totally unexpected. Let's call the princess and get her view to see if she's around, what she thinks of this deal that Joe Manchin cooked up with Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. Roger, roger. James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdly. This is Bo Snerdly's Rush Hour. We are coming back. Your calls are going to be part of the program today. 8 848 800-848-9222. do not go away. Coming right back.
1: This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dream Showing off and silver leaves as we walked by. Jad and Jeremy bring us back on W away Just you and I. One of those sweet
3: When life was wonderful summer songs. Yeah, so we here we are in a recession, and the day that we learned that the United States is in a recession, all of a sudden, surprise, surprise, old Joe Manchin from, from West Virginia decides he wants to come out with a deal that proves our princess of policy. The, our very own Diana Mee was right after all. He's going <laughs> to make him a deal. And so, unusual... Though it may be, because we usually wait till Friday to hear from a princess of policy, her highness, we just on the fly just said, I wonder if the princess is available to explain to us what happened here with West Virginia's Mr. Manchin. And so she's here. Welcome, your highness. Welcome, your majesty. What in the hell is going on here with Mr. Manchin?
2: I am sorry my instincts were right on this guy, because, you know, he gave everybody a little bit of hope. But when you're depending on any politician, <laughs> and especially a Democrat politician, to save America, you really have to tell yourself, you know, climb back from that cliff, because Mansion going to Mansion. all right? He has always done this in the last and folded and voted with his party. So I did say that in the beginning that he was going to fold, and it looks to me as if he's made a deal. On the other hand, I said something else on Saturday, and I don't know if you'll remember that, but there's no mention in most of these articles about Kirsten Sinema,
3: who Mm -hmm. is
2: much more principled. As a, but she's a politician, yes, but she is much more principled in her stands, and she has never been on board with a lot of this stuff, so she may yet be although I caution you, do not have hope in a politician, our trust is in God, but you know this is something that is being unreported at the moment of where she stands, so you know, Manchin may have made a deal, but not all of them may be on board. And, you know, on the other hand, who knows where the Republicans will end up in the Senate on this because they, you can't depend on them either.
3: Well, okay, this deal is a massive, massive spender. It is, what is it? it I'm still trying to get the total handle. Okay, over a decade, $739 billion dollars in new spending. And of and you course you know
2: that'll be more than that. It'll be yeah, it'll be, uh, be you know double that triple that you know it'll be It's over always two more. Trillion. Yeah.
3: And so they want a new corporate tax, why not tax the corporations more because of course where do they think they're going to get money from but corporations they don't understand that America's corporations have already been smacked, beat up, kicked especially during this pandemic with these Democrat party lockdowns and the rest of the pain that they've afflicted on America, they announced this deal the day that America goes into recession. Although the White House spokesgirl says we're not in a recession, right, and right, the rest right, right. and Janet Yellen is pr- trying to make that case, we have money for everything. We've got money for solar panels, which didn't work. <laughs> we've got yeah. and and the last and they think that we've forgotten. By the way, what happened with Obama? They spent all this money on solar panels. They spent billions and billions of dollars there. And then all of a sudden, all these solar companies went bankrupt. The Democrat donors who were running these green energy companies pocketed millions of dollars and then just said, okay, thanks, bye, let's shut the doors. And all that stuff just went by. We were supposed to have done this already. They did this with Obama already. And it just turned out to be another scam to put money in the hands of their crony donors. Okay. And also, if,
2: if Manchin, who has been all along saying he was reluctant to sign on to this deal, because why? Because of the horrible inflation and the horrible economic situation. And what does this actually do if it raises taxes on corporations? Well, they're going to raise prices, which adds to inflation. So his reasoning doesn't hold water because this thing he's signing on to. And there's a lot of really horrible stuff in here, much more than just the taxes. There's a lot of Green New Deal stuff, you know, grift and, and bribery and all kinds of payoffs and and regulations that are just going to kill the American economy further.
3: Some of these deals, like this money, they, I, I read this one paragraph. I forgot which of the news stories it was, that there's going to be a fund set up to deal with the racism that, you know, America's had in terms of energy policy so right. what the hell does that mean we're going to set up a fund to combat prior racism that occurred and how we're going to fix they never tell you how the money is going to be spent they just put well, a little it's, headline it's going on going it.
2: in there in their pockets is how it's going to be spent and if you remember the highways are racist Shade is racist. The trees are not all equitably distributed in America. So, therefore, that's how we're going to correct the racism through environmental policy. We're going to fix the highways so that everybody has an equal amount of potholes. And we're going to take away trees from rich people so they don't get the shade.
3: This is... Oh, they do have a payoff to try to get people to move to electric cars. Get this. (laughs) Car buyers with incomes below a certain level. What level is it? We don't know. But car buyers with incomes below a certain level would receive a $7,500 tax credit to purchase new electric vehicles. And $4,000 for a used one. Now, let me... Just break into this for a little minute, this little sentence, because that struck me we 're going to give people four thousand dollars to buy a used electric cars. Why do people turn in their electric cars because after a few years, the batteries start to become less efficient, and in Which order to... are
2: twenty thousand dollars thank explain. you
3: and in order to put in a new battery, you practically have to buy a new car, Perfect. and so we 're going to give somebody four thousand dollars to go out and buy a piece of junk electric car that needs a $20,000 battery. And they're just going to say, ooh, sounds like a good deal to me. Really? Don't
2: forget, you have to dispose of the old battery, which is, you know, horrible. It's got all kinds of stuff in there that doesn't biodegrade. So it is an environmental catastrophe. The other thing, James, in there is what they're doing to farmers. If you see what's been going on in... In the Netherlands and some other countries, they are eliminating nitrogen without which you cannot fertilize. The farmers are losing their livelihood, and that policy is in this bill where they are going to enact similar policies to those to make sure that farmers are reducing the amount of fertilizer. Well, nitrogen is what they use as a code word. So this is now an attack on America's food supply. This is a direct attack on our survival. So I can only hope that you've got Kirsten Cinema and all the Republicans standing firm against this.
3: Well, this thing is a disaster. And I don't know if it will pass or not. I'm hoping that there will be outrage as people learn some of the things that are really in here. Uh, but I also think that this thing has a good chance of passing. And that frightens me even more. I think
2: you your audience a wonderful service if you go through some of this, because you know the mainstream media is just going to... Call it what it is, the, you know, inflation reduction bill or whatever. And it's going to have a happy name so that anybody who opposes it, you know, wants dirty air, which is what they always do. So I think you have always been so good at getting into the nitty gritty and educating your audience who then can turn around and put pressure on the politicians. That well, have let us
3: do there. that together. Let us do that together, Diana, and go through this thing and let everybody know what's in here because this is... A filthy bill. Now, let me just add one thing before we let you go for today, and we'll, we'll speak with you tomorrow. On top of this, seven hundred thirty-nine or forty-built trillion-dollar spending, there's something else. Pat Leakey Leahy today says he needs another twenty-one billion to fight coronavirus and new viruses that might come along, and. <laughs> They're saying that the monkey pox is going to end up costing us a bunch of money. Now there's a lot of stuff going on with the monkey pox. Yeah. Because the monkeypox apparently is very selective as to who it's attacking. And that's all I'll say at the moment. But we that's need all you to... better say. <laughs> <laughs> very selective. The monkey pox is not attacking everybody. The monkeypox has its sight set on. Searching people with certain behaviors
1: aye, aye, aye.
2: <laughs> so. you're not allowed to say that, and pretty soon we won't be allowed to say the word recession we're going to be kicked off the social media for using that word. you know that's coming
3: oh, so we have to keep our eyes explain to people what this other twenty one billion dollars is that they claim they need because of an emergency.
2: I think that the current government, the Biden administration, is the emergency.
3: Amen to that. Thank you, Princess Di. We'll speak with you tomorrow. Anytime. Bye. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour here on Recession Day USA. We're coming back right after this.
0: Joe Biden is a rabid dog. He should be beaten to
1: death with a stick. The Rush Hour is on the air attention ditto heads attention bow scouts rush on the red apple podcast network
5: where we are today if things are going so great though then why is it the white house officials are trying to redefine Recession?
4: No, we're not redefining
5: recession. If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession?
4: Because that's not the definition. That is not the definition.
5: Brian said in 2008, of course economists have a technical definition which is of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth.
4: I can tell you this. He
5: said two Mm -hmm. consec two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of a recession. It is not.
4: It is not. Why did he say that? It it is not. I can I can speak speak to I can speak to you to what he said yesterday in front of all of you, which is the last thing that you just repeated. There are many factors. There are many factors, economic factors and indicators to consider, Uh, and. I will say that uh, the textbook definition of recession is not is not two negative quarters of GDP. We have a strong labor market. We have business.
3: WABC,
1: Dark radio, 77.
3: Yeah. I'd be jaded, too, if I have to listen to this White House lie out of both sides of their mouth every day. (laughs) Harold Smith brings us back with Jaded. Underneath the White House girl, the Crusaders, It Happens Every Day. Very appropriate song. Let us head to the telephones and go to Huntington, Long Island. By the way, Bill, Five for Fighting is going to be out in Huntington on August 2nd. We're trying to arrange something right now for our listeners here on, on Boston Irving's Rush Hour. Five for Fighting will be in Huntington uh, on August 2nd. And I want to, if I could, I'd be there. I'm going to try to get there if I can. Anyway, Bill, what's on your mind this afternoon?
1: In my understanding, I don't
3: you're breaking up. To you were, no, start again. You broke up. We couldn't hear you. Let's see whether we can hear you this time.
0: Okay. You bought a bottle of
2: Booty Balm for a woman, and you're going to get her review of it, right? Yes. Okay. Well, you're not using the scientific method. You got to buy another bottle and pour it down the toilet and fill it with generic hand lotion from Walmart and give that to another woman and see what she says.
3: Oh, a double a double blind test on it.
2: That's right. That's right. See
1: if she says it makes her butt big and shiny.
3: Hmm. Well, folks, if you missed us yesterday, uh, this show uh, just look. We cover the news from top to. We do. We cover the news from top to bottom, and yesterday we covered news about J Lo's bottom. J Lo is selling. Booty balm. It is, and she has sixty foot a sixty foot ad on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. There were stories written up about this in the Daily Mail. There was another story, I think, in Washington Post or one of the other major uh, 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 papers in the United States about J Lo's new product line, and it is <clears throat> a booty bomb, balm, B A L M. And some of our listeners were upset with. We, we only spent about 10 minutes talking about the booty bomb, but it rankled a few people. But part of that discussion was I did. I'm buying a, I bought already. I purchased it. J-Lo booty bomb for one of my friends. She's married. I will not see the booty or the bomb just to be, that's between her and her husband. The only thing she's going to tell me is if it worked. And if it worked, then we're going to try to get them as a sponsor. Because after all, we'll try. I mean, they may say no. Maybe they don't have a radio campaign. But we're going to try, if it works. We're going to try to spread the joy to as many of the women in this audience as we can. And we did take a call yesterday from a woman who said... This is not merely, this product should not merely be relegated to women. If it works, men should use it too. So there. That's, that's all. I, that's all I want to say about it today. Thank you for the call. Let us go to Rhonda in South Bend, Indiana. Rhonda, you had a birthday recently. Happy birthday to you and welcome. How are you this afternoon?
6: Well, I'm great and happy birthday to you too. I, I'm thrilled to share this month with you. Um, James, I have a question for you, and it's kind of rhetorical, but I have a point. How is it that the American left can claim with any intellectual honesty to be the party of compassion when their policies so negatively affect the minorities, the blue-collar workers, the middle-class people? I live in the um, RV capital of the world. We have... um, many manufacturing jobs here and that is the industry that is the first one of the first to dip when the economy hits a bump we are having rv factories right now that are closing they are cutting back on their workload on their workloads um so these this is affecting the blue collar workers we have a large concentration of hispanics in this area um it's directly affecting them and their families. And that's why um back in two thousand and eight when things were rough, President Obama came to our county twice to visit.
3: Well they can that frustrates me. <clears throat> they can claim it because they offer things like to look what, what we just said about the Joe Manchin bill. I mean they're gonna give four thousand dollars for poor people to go out and buy electric cars. So you see they do have compassion, Rhonda. If, you poor, if you're if you poor and you always wanted a Tesla like the rich people, they're going to give you $4,000 if you're poor so you can go out and buy yourself a used Tesla. Also, Rhonda, if you've been suffering from racist roads, the Democrats are going to fix the racist roads in your neighborhood. Now, I don't know exactly how they're going to fix them, but they do care. They're going to fix the racist roads. Now, let's say... Rhonda, that you're in the first, second, you're in kindergarten, or the first or second grade. <clears throat> and you, you're, you're, you're a little kid, you know, you're in kindergarten, and you suffer from dysphoria. Well, the Democrats would like very much for you to be able to go get some puberty blockers and stop all of this without your parents knowing. That's compassion. The Democrats, these liberals, Rhonda, they do than that let's say let's say just for the sake of argument that you don't want your baby you don't like the baby that's growing inside of you why the Democrats want to be able to have you terminated and with no questions asked doesn't matter whether it's ninth month and after that doesn't matter that's compassion they care don't you see in fact, the Democrats will tell you that, well, if you have a turtle egg, you can't come near that turtle egg, but don't worry about coming near a human because you can get rid of that human up till the ninth month if you wanted to. That's compassion. So, Rhonda, how dare you? As I love you so much, but how dare you question the compassion of our friends on the left? Why, these are the most caring people that we've ever seen in creation. They care.
6: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It's very tongue in cheek, but you know, Rush used to say words matter. And so much of this is just empty words and it's throwing things that look good on the surface. But down the road, how are those poor people supposed to afford that $20,000 battery you were just Why are
3: you asking details questions? (laughs) How dare you? I
6: know. (laughs)
3: They have know, good I've got to Ronda. You are not supposed to question their good intentions. If run, in fact, Rhonda, are you racist? How dare you question Democrats? <laughs> you must be, and you must be transphobic too.
6: I must be, yes, surely I am. Even though, and you're probably own... an
3: anti-vaxer, aren't you? You are not <laughs> that rude. <be> you... <laughs> I'm sorry. You're probably an anti-vaxer, aren't you?
6: That's hilarious. Well, you know, with my own two eyes and. My utter lack of an Ivy League education, even I could see that all these, the minorities, the blue-collar, the people that we've just been talking about, were prospering in so many ways because of President Trump's policies.
3: There you go again. No, you weren't. You were prospering because of your white privilege, and Uh it's a shame that you don't acknowledge the fact that the only reason that you ever prosper is because you're white. Don't you realize that every person in America that prospers is white and nobody that's black or Hispanic can ever prosper, at least not until the Democrats give them some welfare to prosper. How dare you sit and talk about that Trump person, the person that tried to take over the United States government? How dare you?
6: I know, how dare I, when my husband, I helped to put my husband through college, paid for it all, spent years working a job so that he could build his business from the ground up. We were just so privileged to do it the hard way.
3: Yes, and and you probably have privileged children, don't you? You probably yes. have privileged boys that are just yes. boys, and you know oh. about the toxic masculinity of boys.
6: Oh. yes absolutely i can i can do a whole show on that topic james you know how i feel about that (laughs) yes our boys are so privileged that they've had to learn how to scrub toilets how to wash dishes how to mop floors and when they leave our home out of that unspeakable privilege they know how to take care of themselves isn't that just a shame
3: (laughs) as always Rhonda. A breath of fresh air. So lovely to hear wow. from you. Wow.
6: Well, well, I count you such a good friend. You know, we love you.
3: Love you, too. We'll catch up uh-huh. later. Thanks, Rhonda. Okay. A.K.A. Bo Sterling here with you. It is Bo Sterling's Rush Hour coming back. More of your calls right after this.
4: Frank Bruno. He's your numero Uno.
1: This is the Rush Hour with Bo Nerdly, Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Rich Rataballi came in. Don't worry. I bring some, bought some Miley with them. That's right, I and I, you know, I and I love some Marley, man. Whoa! Okay, then. Do you know what that means? It's some sort of slang term. uh, It is, and I don't have to explain to you what that means off the air. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, we're going to head back to the telephones, but we had a winner, Kev. Who was the winner for the Joel Osteen tickets? The winner was Rob C from Staten Island. Oh cool. And guess what, folks? We're going to be giving away some more tickets tomorrow. It's a surprise. But we're going to be giving away two We're going to be giving away tickets for two different events tomorrow. So be here. It's going to be like fun. Like, like, we're going to, like, have, like, like, a lot of, like, fun. Let's go to Mike in Newburgh. Welcome here on WABC, James Golden at Kay How are you, Mike? I love James. I'm loving
5: the uh, Bob Marley, too. (laughs) Me, too. Uh, I was calling. Yeah, right? Come on. I was calling about this Gavin Newsom. I think think Republicans ought to get ready for this guy because they're already showing, you know, him walking through the, the White House and with his sleeves rolled up and, He's going to have the slickest of Hollywood money and marketing and uh, speechwriters behind him, and this guy's emboldened now. You know he survived a recall, I think, by almost seventy percent in his own state. That, that's in spite of drug needles and crime and, and uh, feces on the streets. So we better get ready for this guy. I think he's going to be trouble, and he's.
3: Let me tell smart. you, <clears throat> let me tell you how prescient you are. There is an editorial by the L.A. Times editorial board today. The first, almost taking up half of the first page, is a picture of Gavin Newsom behind, and he is in front of the California seal, in front of the podium. He's kissing his son, his two-year-old son, who he's holding in his arms on the cheek. And here's the headline of their editorial. Congress failed the nation on family policy. Will California show the way? huh, will Gavin Newsom show the way? This is a full-court press, and they're not even being subtle about it anymore. There is a large contingent among the Democrat Party who have decided, I'm telling you now, and you see it too, that Gavin Newsom is the candidate to beat. And they want him to replace Joe Biden and... They think that Gavin Newsom, if it's Trump, if it's DeSantis, or if it's Abbott from Texas, they think that Gavin Newsom can take on all comers. That's what we're seeing right now.
5: Agree. And when you compare him to Biden or Harris, it, he, he actually can't help but look good because they're so bumbling and horrible. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, this is a problem. So we better gird our loins here and get ready for a good fight. Absolutely. Whoever it is.
3: Absolutely. Very prescient. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is calling up the National Guard. You know why? Not to protect the Capitol. They don't do it then. But over the incoming migrant buses, you'll remember that with this whole breakdown at the border, the Governor Abbott in Texas said, you know what? We're going to put these immigrants on these illegal immigrants on buses and send them to D.C., And the Democrats laughed. They said, oh, it's just some kind of shtick. Well, they've been flowing into D.C., and now there are so many, over 4,000 so far. Now Muriel, Mayor Muriel Bowser, is calling out the National Guard to help deal with it. And she's telling taxpayers there, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to pay for this. You're not going to pay for this. Oh, yeah? Well, who's going to pay for it? We shall see. Let us head back to the telephones. Bergen County, New Jersey, Tony. Thank you for holding. Thank you for waiting. What's on your mind this afternoon?
1: Hey, Bo. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you for the passion that you put behind all of your words when you pick out your your um, topics for for discussion for the day. You have such a passion and so much strength behind your words. It's it's so easy to follow you through your program. Uh, if I miss anybody during the day, I always make sure that I tune you in. Also, you know, I really don't like when the Democrats. And just to get off that subject, uh, when the Democrats move the goalposts, every time they find that it's something that they don't like, oh, I'm sorry, let's just move the goalposts over here because, you know, it didn't work that way. Also, one last thing. Did anybody ever um, call you Midas, you know, as a
3: nickname? No. Because Hmm. you
1: certainly have the golden touch.
3: Well, thank you, Tony. What a wonderful call. I appreciate that. I'm, I might get a big head. I won't. I'll try not to get a big head. But thank you, Tony. I really do appreciate that. And I do, folks. I spend a lot of time with the news every single day. This isn't just oh, let's pick a two, few stories and come in here. This is an all-day effort to make sure that. And you know who I learned it from. So there's that. And but thank you. I real that means so much to me. Thank you. Uh, Let us go to Rich in Pennsylvania.
0: Thanks, Bo. Hey, uh, yesterday you got a phone call from a guy who had the idea of transferring J Lo's booty poster from there to Times Square and superimpose it on top of the the big camel advertisement that we had there. And I'm yes. not sure where he was. He implying that that smoke rings were supposed to come out of her, um, you know, her. Um,
3: yes, uh, that th- is what I. <laughs> that is. <laughs> 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 that imagery is exactly what came to my mind when he stated that it would be a lot of fun to see the the billboard the 60 foot it's a 60 foot that and it's huge it's a 60 foot billboard of naked j-lo in los angeles which is pretty remarkable when you think about it the so
0: time i Mm-hmm. In the meantime, um, I think that the Democratic Party is relying on the compulsive voter. The Democrats never take into mind, with foresight or insight, the consequences of their policy and legislation. And what they're relying on is the today and the tomorrow. And I work in marketing, I worked in advertising, and they understand how the American public and the American economy thinks. When you discuss something like car batteries— and the consequence of having those in 10 years and their farming policies, where that's going to go with food supply in 10 years, they're, they're, they're sinking the boat.
3: Wow. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you one thing. And again, I want to just remind everybody here, the Democrats in this massive, multi, multi, tens of hundreds of billions of dollars of new spending would like to give you poll people out there a chance to buy your own electric Tesla's. And your own electric vehicles, they want to give you $4,000 so that you can go out and get your own electric vehicle. Aren't they kind? Now, never mind that those electric vehicles that you buy that are used, you may have to put another twenty or $30,000 in them to get a new battery. Forget all that. They're just so kind. Another day, another show. We'll be back tomorrow. Both Restaurant. Remember, catch it Night comes up next. May God bless and protect each and every one of you of your, and your families. I thank you so much. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who listened to this show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, and I am so thankful for my crew. Every day, day in, day out, they make it happen. Back tomorrow. See you then. Bye.
4: Roger, roger.